Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show in the podcast. Well, we had a bit of a Sheffield flavour. And it did go a Sheffield flavour. Got very Sheffield, very musical. And it was off the rails, Paul, quite a lot of the show. It got got a touch loose at times, as as you may gather if you listen to this. Um, But Joe Elliott joined us from Def Leppard. Yeah, uh, big Sheffield United fan. Uh, then we crossed the city. We went to Wednesday. John McClure is the lead singer of Reverend and the Makers. Um, and he's off to the playoff final course this weekend. Yeah, but they were both on good form. We had a chat with them. Um, do you have the world watercress eating champion? I think we well, should I sling think we him should in. Put him in. Yeah, he was Glenn great, Walsh, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Fifteen of times, fifteen in a row. You know. And the greats, had, the greats, Paul. They have more time to eat do. the crest. They, they just look. Of course, they you do. Know. The and first... finders keepers came up a lot, Paul. Yeah, um, we, we talked about uh, the stuff you'd found on the floor um, after Sam Allardyce found a fiver at West Ham the other day, and it took us into a, a daytime quiz mode. And uh, anyway, you'll, you'll hear it all. It all got a bit weird. Um, this is it. <laughs> this is Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker with you through until four here on Talksport. Where this afternoon, Charlie, tell us what's coming. Coming up over the next three hours, how Newcastle got ahead of schedule and will salute 15-time world watercress eating champion Glenn Walsh. That's not even Charlie's choice, Paul. I know. It's not even West Country Corner. It's not West Country Corner. It's just sport in the raw. Just sp- yeah. sport in the raw. Beautiful. Raw cress. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the cress. I'll have it no? in a sort of in an egg mayonnaise sandwich oh, okay. under duress. Cress under duress, which is my <laughs> oh, new series. Oh, what a great My new <laughs> series on uh, Channel 5. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, Alan Duress, the former of France international. eating crest, yeah. like, yeah. in the Sahara Desert, you know. That's it, yeah, yeah. You know, like, okay, well, we're... Work- absolutely freezing in the in the Arctic. We'll work it up over the next, next three hours. Cress arrives. Yeah, that's right. Or in a shark cage. Yeah. <laughs> You're in a shark cage in South... It's a great white trying to bang its way Africa, through. Yeah, yeah. And someone hands you a bit of crest. A bit of crest. You've got to eat the crest. Well, I'll tell you what, I've watched worse. I've watched worse on British TV. It is eight minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. I watch a programme called Port Protection, about port protection in Pork Alaska. Port protection. Port protection. Oh, I was going to say. In Alaska. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Paul. Absolutely. What's that on Discovery? It's, like, it's five series. One of these things. Five, no, it's on Disney. Five oh. series of it, right? Yeah. And every episode is exactly the same. What is it? But you just... So there's 36 people live on this island in Alaska. Yeah. Mm. And they have to go and shoot and hunt for all their food and, wow. like, you know, fish for everything and shoot deer and bear and they eat bear and they catch. I'd like that. No, it's, it's good, Paul. They never see the bear be shot. 
Okay. Yeah, but they always, and also, they'll often oh, be out. Oh, that's all right. Then. <laughs> they'll, they'll be out and they'll go, oh, was that a bear? And they'll get their gun ready and then, then they'll go to a break and then they'll come back after the break. And, then, and every episode, it wasn't a bear. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like a winner. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show. Yeah. Port Protection. Show. Port Protection. Port Protection. Alaska. I think, I think, actually, I think it's called Lawless Island now. It's right. like they changed titles for it, you know. But there are lots of laws on this <laughs> island because obviously there's 36 people live there. Yeah. No no hospital or anything, you know. Right. Anyway, that's nothing to do with sport. Okay, well, thank you, I got, Charlie. I don't know how I got onto that. How did you but... find that? At what point you thought, at what point was there nothing on? <laughs> When I Apple like, TV's Port Protection, the whole five series suddenly came. I like a programme to be as bleak as possible. Okay. That's what I like. In a documentary, people... Did you watch Spurs versus <laughs> Brentford? Yeah. I did think of you that day, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, one oh, nil up, three, no. one down. And well, he scored a free kick. Yeah, and you've he, been well, going on it not, nearly. Not direct. <laughs> not a direct but free all kick. all season, you've been going on him. Yeah. That was for you, that one, Paul. Well, we I had thought. a game. We had, we had our usual game. Harry lined it up and we played into the wall or over the bar, which yeah. is always, oh, we have a little very, wager very on nice. the side. Yeah, yeah. Into the wall, <laughs> over the bar. Rarely round the post, normally into the wall, over the bar. Oh, so, lovely, he's, so he's accurate. He just happens to have a wall in front of him. Accurate-ish, anyway. But anyway, no, it was a lovely finish. But it wasn't direct, so we're not counting it as Harry Kane free kick. Do you think that's him off, Paul? I don't know. What deep down, what's your gut say? I think he'll be there next season. Do you? Yeah, I do. I do think he'll be there next season. I I think that um, I think that the the, the hope will be. I mean, unless he looks to sort of force his way out, and I don't think anybody would blame him for that. But I think I think he will be tough, tough Premier League next year. Yeah, we were saying that yesterday. We're sort of. In, insane levels next yeah. year. Yeah, I looking think. about eight or nine. A teams resurgent could, Liverpool, yeah. Newcastle coming with money to spend. Yeah. Man City just absolutely unbeatable. Yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal will United. want to strengthen in the same. Villa, Villa, Man United, Stratford. great management. Coach. Villa got a good coach, you know. Yeah. What? Well, it's going to. No, I fear get, for Spurs, Paul, if gonna, they don't keep Kane. It's going to get tougher. So uh, we shall see. We're going to talk Newcastle this afternoon. The game last night was a weird one, wasn't it? Because obviously, you know, Newcastle had plenty of chances, and uh, well, Leicester just. Sort of, I mean, Dean Smith said it nearly worked. You sort of hang in there, keep it tight, and do a smash and grab. They yeah. nearly did with that Castagna yeah. chance at the end. The Great save. Point. But to be honest, a point really didn't do him any favours. Even losing last night wouldn't have massively changed the situation because of their goal difference. Yeah, they got six more goals on Everton going into the last day, um, and so point. You know, did nothing, really did didn't really. do him a lot of favours. But um, I think if you're an Everton fan and you were a few couple of weeks ago, if you've been offered, you if you beat Bournemouth at home on the last day, yeah, you stay up basically. You know, if you'd offered them that, I think they'd have bitten your hand off. I mean, I'm, I've, I've say I used to go and watch Everton with my mate, and I got I've, I've got a soft spot for him, and I, I look, I'd love to see him do it, but. Um, there is something about Bournemouth. When they get going, Bournemouth, they play some nice stuff. Yeah. And they'll be playing with total freedom. And I'm slightly concerned for Everton. I shouldn't be, but I'm just... I mean, they know what they've got to do. They just go and win the game and they're going to have to do it without uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, mm. which is a blow. But I don't know. I've just got... I could just see, like, Solanke and, and the guys all t- yeah. turning it um, on. We've spoken to Sam Avery a lot on this yeah, well, we're the talking to Sam about the later year, in the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah big Everton. We've spoken to him a lot, and you, you do get the vi- the vibe from him a bit of the, it cannot carry on the way it's going because no. because eventually it will go wrong and it will go badly wrong. Yeah. You know, it cannot carry on. And it comes right. at a time though the, the 
they've got a little bit of outside money coming in, we hear today, and the, a US company going to pump some money in, yeah. most of it on the new stadium, but I think there should be money to spend on players. Yeah. So they, yeah, they, it seems to be happening too often, this. They seem to be in this situation too often, don't they? So anyway, yes. I'm sure we'll talk Everton as the week unfolds. A couple of things to get going on. We'll try and squeeze one of them in. Charlie's Choice. I found it on the floor. Yes. We didn't bother doing it yesterday because I knew Charlie was in today. <laughs> um, Sam Allardyce. How often do you find a fiver I on the touchline? It was like he'd scored a goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was like, so It was like he kept them up. Well... That bonus for keeping leads up is, is re, sort of retreating into the distance, so he'll get the yeah. money while he can, I would imagine. I wonder whose five, who's five do you think it was? I don't know. Who, he offered who, it to who, the who, fourth official. Who, who on the touchline? must have been one of the blokes, one of the hospitality people, or somebody who works at the club. Yeah. Because no one's going out there with uh, cash on them, are they? I mean, no, that's Declan what I mean. Rice <laughs> keeps a little fiver <laughs> tucked subs. inside his waistband. Subs. Subs, oh yeah. Subs, of course, they have to pay the subs, he's don't up. they? And he, he's getting a half, so he's going to play, yeah. pay his subs. Yeah, that's maybe true. That, but he, he maybe, didn't offer it to the fourth official, surely. Do, do you think, think Moisey has a big Tesco bag, says, Oi, subs, yeah, subs, as they run out the dressing pay, room, uh, put your fivers in. That's yeah, a nice that's what idea. it'll be. Yeah, yeah it'll be nice. So um, I found it on the floor, whatever it was. It's pretty open-ended. It's Charlie's choice. You 50 I found on the floor once, Paul. You found a 50? 50. I was working in a bar. Wow. In Fulham, in West London. And I was working, and it was one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We were open till three, and it was one of those grim Friday nights when everyone was on the Jaeger bombs on, right. the, on the floor there Paul oh. 50 pound though did and you thought, try and do you know what is this could, you, did you do it is this yours mate you didn't want to, no. I could have but yeah. you know what I thought Paul no I'm on 7 pound 50 an hour here yeah that's a night's work I'm having that yeah, well put it in my enough. pocket enough, lovely John. okay may have been the life savings of an old lady who went there as a cleaner <laughs> old lady went there as a cleaner she was taking it round to her to her son who's not well so we could eat that night hope you're proud of yourself the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. Um, you probably saw Big Sam found a fiver on yeah. the touchline at West Ham the other. It was West Ham, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, people um, found a lot of stuff on yeah. the floor. Paul. I found Thompson's. it on the fl- I found it on the floor. Said Charlie Baker. <laughs> um, what have they found on the floor, Charlie? Uh, hi, Paul and Charlie. I was once staying in a hotel in Cork. I moved a little table to get the ironing board out to sort out my shirt for the night and spotted a twenty dollar note on the floor. Moved the tail further, the, the table, table further yeah. to find a load more. I found nine hundred US dollars under the table. Wow. Stashed it in my suitcase, didn't mention it to the guys I was away with. Wow. Didn't want to waste it on drink. Well, what was she gonna do with it? It was just before Christmas. Changed it on the way home, took my family shopping. There we are. Nine hundred dollars. Amazing. What a holiday. In a hotel, I suppose he could have handed it into reception, couldn't he? But you I think? take it the people there had gone. Had they gone? Yeah, well, I guess they'd gone. Nose room, it was Paul, wasn't it? But yes. you know, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, I think if you find it, is finders keepers, Paul. Is that, finders keepers, is that, losers weepers. Why do you have to say it in a West Country accent? <laughs> Funnier. That would be yeah. Has there ever been a kind of daytime game show called Finders Keepers? There should have well, been. I bet there, well, there should have be been. Good though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You could you could do it in that accent. <laughs> you think Drive Finders all, Keepers? Drive, yeah, that's it. Finders your... Keep. We could write one, Paul. Finders Keepers, goalkeepers only. Okay. Finders. No, Finders, no, that's a. You're not going. You Finders know. Keepers. No, stop it. That's enough. <laughs> um, I, I was at uh, where's it gone? Uh, I think you will find that that was my fifty. 
Oh, that's oh. Dave in Tunbridge, yeah. <laughs> that's because I found a fish. It was the cab money to get me to the hospital to be at my wife's side for oh. the birth of our first child. Oh, no. I had to walk and I missed a big moment. Cheers, Charlie. Oh, wow. I told you that 50. Yeah, no, you feel guilty now, don't you? That <laughs> well, night in that club. What was Charlie's 50 for exactly? Yeah, I found yes. Not me, but my brother. While working at a local... I don't understand this story. Working at the local slightly dodgy pallet yard. <laughs> right. What's, what's dodgy about a pallet yard? <laughs> I don't know. Sweeping up after school. Went in to ask his boss for a promised pay rise. Mm. He basically laughed him out of the office as he trudged out. He noticed a new crisp 50 on the floor. Right. Of course, he pocketed it quickly and celebrating by buying himself a goat. Okay. Well, this, this, I need more I need more information yeah. on this. He bought himself a goat that weekend. He did get said pay rise a few weeks later, so all good all round. That's Paul in knots. Himself a goat. Richard Stilgo. Be... Richard Stilgo did Finders Keepers. Oh, did he? Uh, I wonder if he came up with it. You know his son, don't I you? Do, I Maybe know, we can get Joe, some old yeah. tapes of it. I wonder yeah. if we can find the Finders Keepers theme tune. Yeah, not even, not even re- I'm, I'm guessing. Not even I'm guessing that Richard Stilgo wrote it. I imagine I re- I re- he insisted. <laughs> he insisted. Anyway, um, talking to music now. We're going to play you a very familiar bit of music. Uh, if you're a Def Leppard fan, even if you're not, it was a huge song. But but a different treatment of it. We'll talk more about oh, it with uh, Joe Elliott from the band shortly. But have a listen to this. Um, together at last with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Yeah, wow, why not? Wow. Well, I bet they didn't think that in 1976, <laughs> starting out in Sheffield. Hello, Joe. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Geezers, how are you? Yeah, we're pretty well, good. Thank you. There must have been a real buzz to, to work with them. It must have been fantastic. Ah, it was really something special. You know, you, it was in Abbey Road as well, you mm. know, that wow. studio where that band recorded a lot of their work. Um, and just watching them play with us was kind of a bit of a head trip, really, because you think about it, when when they turn up to do a session, it's normally with people that have been dead 200 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven yeah. and Mozart and stuff like that, and mm. there's little Def Leppard up on the balcony filming them, you know, playing along with our stuff. It was, it yeah. was amazing. How, how did it come about then, Joe? Well, we'd got this album in the can uh, called Diamond Star Halos that came out about a year ago. We recorded that in 2020 during the pandemic um, remotely. In other words, we were all at our respective homes in uh, California, the East Coast of America, Sheffield and Dublin. Yeah. And we glued it all together and it, it worked a treat, but we didn't want to release it into the pandemic. So um, the record company said to us, well, while we're sitting around waiting, do you fancy doing it again, but with the Royal Philharmonic doing some... Wow. Reworks and and what have you. So we said, as long as it's not just the greatest hits album with strings slapped on top, mm. we can pick the songs and yeah, we'll obviously there'll be some hits, but we're gonna go deep tracks because we've got a lot of symphonic songs anyway, the way we, we've kind of orchestrated them with guitars and what have you. So it was a case of stripping them all back down to zero and building them up and writing string arrangements that would fit the song and then maybe putting some instrumentation back in and maybe not. Some songs the band are in others we completely turn them upside down i think it'd make for an expensive tour if you're going to take the royal philharmonic <laughs> on the road with you big tour bus yeah it would but you know the great thing is with classical musicians um unlike rock and rollers who have to just practice it all and learn it by me- you know mem- memorize mm. it 
these guys can actually read. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit like a newsreader that can read a, a story that they've got no knowledge of, but because they're fantastic readers, you think that they know everything about it. And these guys, they just see all the little squash dance on the bit of paper <laughs> and they can play it. Yeah. And it works a treat. So we don't actually have to take the Royal Philharmonic on the road. We, we, if we're playing in Los Angeles, we could use the LA Philharmonic. And if yeah. London, we could use the Royal, but you know, if we'd say in Australia, we could use the, the Sydney uh, Philharmonic, yeah. you know, it's easy to do, really, in this day and age. Yeah, they, classical musicians can really drink, though, as well, Joe. So I'd you know, yeah. watch that, you know. Yeah, there is I, that. I've they never, be, I've never be, met a sober yeah. bass trombone player, really. What <laughs> yeah. my favourite joke at the moment is, um, have you seen the piccolo player's Porsche? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, lovely stuff. So, um, a bit of, talking of a buzz, uh, you played at Bramwell Lane last night, is that right? Yes, we wow. did. Home of my newly promoted Blades. Yeah. We did a sold-out show at Bramall Lane. It was the first um, first show of the European tour, the first one back, first stadium show back in seven weeks. So, And we were filming it, and it was in Sheffield, so no pressure. You mm. know what I mean? But it was great. It was really, really good. We had such a great time. The fans were louder than we were. And we were loud, you know, yeah. but they were everything back to us. It was, it was, a, and it, it was, it wasn't that cold, and it didn't rain, and you know, for outdoor shows, that's a bonus. You must have played there over the years. I would imagine a good few times. Have you? No. Oh, was was first... that the first time you'd ever played there? Wow. It was only the third ever gig there. I believe oh, right. that the only two people that have ever played before is Bruce Springsteen and Rod Stewart. Wow. I've played on the pitch. I yeah, played yeah. in. His testimonial in 1986, along with George Best and Archie Gemmel. Wow. Um, and and I, I actually played in a charity game against Sheffield Wednesday and scored at the cop end. Um, but there was nobody there, so nobody saw it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, you know, that was the first time the band have played there. That's wow. What? That's, that's, well, on the next tour as well, you're playing at Wembley on the next tour, aren't you? As well, I mean, yeah, how, well, how many times? We, how many times you played Wembley? We've only ever played Wembley once, and that was a special guest for Queen at the Freddie Mercury Memorial Show. Wow. In, Oh, that 20th of April, 1992. So what, 31 years ago? 32 years ago, sorry. Uh, or 30, yeah, 31 years ago. Um, that's the only time we've ever played Wembley. So yeah, we got Wembley on the 1st of July and then we're up to uh, Lytham on the 2nd and then we've got Dublin on the 4th and Glasgow on the 6th and then we've got a month off before we hit the States for a month. Yes. It's all going. Still, still the same buzz, Joe, and you do it never asleep at the wheel, as they say? Now, you know what? The buzz is better, actually, because I think there's a kind of a party that's just like just so in awe of the fact that you're still doing it all these mm. years later. I think when you've got youth on your side and you just think it's never going to end, there comes a point where you might hit a, a certain age where you think this is just absolutely a breeze and it's a blast to mm. do and long may it last. And we we just ride the standing on the shoulders of giants is really what we're doing. You know, we see McCartney still doing the odd gig here and there. The Stones are still touring on, on occasions. And they're like 20 years older than us. Yeah. So if they can, we certainly can. So while we've got our health and we have a great following, why would we not want to do it? It's such a joy. It's, it's all I've any of us wanted to do since we were kids. You know? I mean, you have been great survivors as a band, haven't you? I mean, it, even sort of going back to uh, Rick Allen, your drummer, uh, having uh, a car accident. I mean, to, for a band to survive that and come back, yeah. for him to still be a member of the band is amazing, really. Yeah, well, it's a brotherhood, really. Mm. You know, I mean, like, we're not musicians in the sense of, like, you have to pass a test to join the band. It's like, do you want to do this? And yeah. you're not. I'm the best musician in the world. It doesn't matter. I mean, Bob Dylan can't really sing, but he can write a song. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And that, you can say that about a thousand musicians that make a great living because they, they come up with some tunes. But it was just the enthusiasm of doing it. And, you know, Rick had his accident. We, Steve passed away. And, you know, bless mm. him, Steve Bond was at the gig last night, you know, and his younger brother. Mm. So we dedicated a song to them. And it's like a family, you know. This is just a bunch of kids from Sheffield. And then he expanded, expanded out to the honorary Yorkshireman that uh, Phil is from Walthamstow and <laughs> Belfast. And we just take this thing around the world and we just very fortunately got a really strong fan base that want to see us play. Yeah. And well, look, what do you need next year, you think? I mean, the, the, the manager's done a very good job. Of getting, 38 getting points. Back up. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you, you're going to need to strengthen. Yeah, yeah. It's that old that thing of rewarding the people that got you there, but giving you enough strength to make sure you can stay there, I guess. Yeah, there is that. I mean, you look at what Forrest did. They bought like 2,000 players mm. and, and had to figure it out but they figured it out right towards the end and that must have been really difficult for Steve Cooper and I think he did an amazing job yeah it, look the reality is if we can finish 17th it'll be a result because we can stay in and build mm. um, I'd like to think we could do what Fulham and, and and what Brentford have done in fact what we did first season up when when people were allowed in the stadiums we finished like 10th or something um, it was when the pandemic kicked in and we didn't have the 12th man teams like us that don't have a depth of squad, you know, that deeper squad strength, we're always going to struggle if we haven't got the crowd behind us. That's That was shown so obviously at the, the Wednesday game against um, against Peterborough, yeah. four down. And, you know, Peterborough players have never known the atmosphere that there was at mm. Hillsborough. And if we can create the same atmosphere at Bramall Lane, maybe that will help us a little bit, you know, but we could do with a few players like Erling Haaland, for example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the you tour goes well, maybe yeah. you, can, you can give them a sub. That would be good. A few more tickets. The, uh, <laughs> are you going to be cheering on Wednesday? Uh, you want him to win the playoffs? Yeah, you know what? We don't sab our base players on Wednesday night. So, I mean, he he took one for the team last night playing at Bramall Lane. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, listen, it's Sheffield. I'm I'm not one of those kind of guys that hates the opposition that, like, some people do. It's not in my DNA to be that kind of guy. So, of course, I want – it's great for Sheffield. You know, there's nothing more I'd like to see than both United and Wednesday in the Premiership. Us top, them second. Yeah. But still, you know, in there. You know, I don't, you, you know I, I've never been the kind of guy that that's, that hates the opposition team in, in my home t- birth town. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't live here anymore, but still support them. So, yeah, I think, you know, South Yorkshire derby between Wednesday and, and Barnsley, it's going to be yeah. your house because half of Yorkshire is going to be down in London and there'll be yeah. burglars everywhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, good to talk to you, Joe. All the yeah. best with the album and the tour. Thanks very much Thank for joining you guys. us. Take care. It. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, there we are. There's Joe Elliott there from Def Leppard. The album's called Drastic Symphonies. That's Def Leppard with the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And as Charlie said, they're, they're uh, touring right around the UK and yeah. all around Europe and then off to the States. Are still going, that, still going Wem- Wembley Stadium one night and then yeah. the following night, Lytham St. Anne's. Straight yeah. up to Blackpool, up the road on the yeah. motorway in the back of a bus. It, it, yeah. Beautiful. That's right. To live them. You think to they're going in the back? You think they're still using the same transit they did <laughs> when they started? Train, they're very yeah, transit very protective of that transit. Few few messages. For, Joe's gone, but a few, oh, sorry. Lo, lots of people saying how much they love the band yeah. and how much they've loved seeing them over the years. But also uh, the, the House Martins have also played Bramall Lane because poor, oh. poor Heaton's a blade. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's from Jennifer, Alison, Philippa. Sue, yeah, Deborah, <laughs> quite a lot Annabelle of them. Annabelle, too, quite are. a lot of them. Sent you, <laughs> well done, <Charlie. laughs> The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
Paul Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. We were, uh, Charlie and I thought we'd come up with uh, a great title for a daytime yeah. quiz of Finders Keepers. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Richard Stilgo got there first and, quite a few and years others, ago. And others. And others. Know, um, it had good old Dave uh, sent it to us. Dave, Dave Dixon. Dave Dixon, thank you, Dave. He sent, sent us all four theme tunes <laughs> to Finders Keepers. And it's kind of, it, it, look, we'll play them to you later. Yeah, a bit see later what you on, make yeah. them. Yeah, don't touch that dial, eh? <laughs> um, so, oh, I can't wait! It's I can't called, wait. It's trailing a head pull is really, yeah. really good. So, uh, I don't know if you've been following the saga. If you, you listen to Andy Brassel on Transier of Express with Danny, or, or with us on a Monday with his bite-sized European roundup, um, you may be aware that the, uh, uh, Juventus were docked 15 points back in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and put them outside the the uh, Champions League places. Then they got their points back on appeal, uh, which put them in the Champions League places. And now they've lost ten of the points again, which has taken them absolutely crazy. out of the Champions League. What a way to run a ballroom, as Peter I mean, Cook once said. Exactly for them, it's it's weird for them, but for teams around them who, yeah. who were in and out of the Champions League sides. So well, exactly. Well. I mean, Milan have sort of hung in there. But they easily could have, you yeah. know, they could have thought, well, what's the point? And toppled down. Anyway, let's chat now to Daniele Fisichella, Italian football expert. Hi, Daniele. Hey, Daniele. Hi, Paul. Hi, Charlie. This is such a mess, isn't it? I mean, I, look, I don't, I, 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 it wasn't completely the Italian FA's fault. I mean, it, was, it wasn't the, the Olympic Committee got involved and it's become very messy, but um, it, it doesn't, it's not a good look for Italian football, is it? It is a, a decision that makes everyone unhappy. Well, apart if you are Lazio, who, by the way, now are qualified for the Champions League by default. Mm. But yes, of course, uh, it has made a bit of a mockery of Italian Serie A this season because it has compromised results, uh, the challenge for uh, top four, but also for relegation. And the absurdity of everything is that the decision came last night, a few minutes before Juventus were due to play at Empoli. And can you imagine being on the dressing room and knowing, by the way, we got docked 10 points and now we're just going to have to go out and win the next three games for the hope to be in the Champions League. By the way, Juventus got trashed last night for one by Empoli. It was really embarrassing for them. But the same manager, Allegri, in the post-match interview said, well, Finally, we got a decision on this because it has been unbearable for us uh, to think about all the consequences of this minus 15, then plus 15, and now uh, the other, um, of course, uh, decision that came on last night. But this has been a big issue in um, Italy and not only uh, with the sporting justice, but with the justice system overall. And the problem is that probably we still haven't seen the end of this. Wow. So, I mean, you're, you're expecting another appeal, are you? And, that, and so, what would that go into next season? Nothing's going to change before the end of this season, I wouldn't think. There is the, the possibility that Juventus is going to appeal last night's decision by going to the Olympic Committee again. We need to wait for the motivations of their condition, big conviction that are going to be published in uh, 20 days' time, and then Juventus will uh, decide. Now, it is very important to stress that the points deducted were 10 because the prosecutor said it publicly. He wanted a deduction that made possible that Juventus didn't play will not play in Europe next season. So at the beginning uh, of, the, of the trial, they asked for a nine points deduction because back then nine points would have seen them outside of the top six. And now they became 10 because of that. So obviously that makes it uh, 
very difficult for Juventus supporters to accept it. However, on the 15th of June, there is another trial that is going to start, and that is linked to the wages that were not paid, paid and not declared fully by Juventus, obviously with the implication with their stock market, etc. Mm. Now, the decision of the judges, and that's going to be the first trial, of course, the first degree of decision, can impact next season. So Juventus might well start next season with some point deductions unless they settle, and maybe they settle for a minus three, minus four, we'll see. And all, in all of that, there is still UEFA decision hanging on there. UEFA will have, obviously, he'll say, and might want to exclude Juventus from the European competition, maybe for a couple of seasons running. Now, a couple of stories um, out of Napoli. Uh, Luciano Spalletti, who's just delivered the Serie A title to the club after many years, looks like he's, he's on his way out. Aurelio De Laurentiis, the president of the club, wants to make a change. Um, on the face of it, this seems like a, a crazy decision. Apparently there were tensions between the manager and, and the owner earlier in the season, despite what happened. But um, a couple of names in the frame, Antonio Conte, and yep. Luis Enrique, we hear today. Who's the most likely, do you think? As well as names like Rafa Benitez and uh, Tiago Motta. Well, it's all up in the air at the moment. What we know for sure is Paletti is going to live. But uh, yeah, the name of the successor is not yet clear. Spalletti and Aurelio De Laurentiis, they've never been very close. And last season, actually, in April, when Napoli were uh, in danger of not qualifying for Europe, uh, De Laurentiis thought about sucking uh, Spalletti. Then this season, things went completely in the other way. It was a great performance, almost a sporting miracle, Napoli. But there's always been a little bit tension, a little bit of friction, and things gone really, really cold after that uh, elimination from uh, the Champions League. Now, uh, Spalletti wants uh, to be more involved in the running of the club, in the decision, in the transfer, etc. De Laurentiis is a totalitarian president. He wants to decide pretty much everything, but you need to admit that both have been extremely successful at what they've been doing, but probably because of uh, such a big difference in their characters, they're not meant to work together. I mean, he'd be a man in demand, Spalletti, but I think he says yes. he wants to. He wants a break. He wants a bit of a sabbatical. So I don't think he'll yeah. be walking into a yeah. club next year. But who knows, Daniel yeah. Levy? Um, <laughs> and just finally, uh, Kim Min Kim Min Jae, the uh, the South Korean defender uh, who's had a brilliant season at Napoli. Excellent season. Uh, he's wanted by Manchester United. Apparently, he's got to go off and do his little mini national service the way oh, that yeah. uh, Sonny did Son, yeah. uh, just like a three four weeker yep. but then he returns and the, and the word is that Manchester United are in the box seat what are you hearing it's it's very likely that uh, Kim Benjai is going to leave Napoli uh, in the, the summer the fee they're talking about 59 million euros so it's much more than what Napoli paid Fenerbahce last summer. They played around 20 million euros or so. Obviously, it's a massive gain uh, for them. And probably this is also the base of the disagreements between Spalletti and De Laurentiis. Uh, you know, we thought Napoli were not a selling club because they don't need to sell financially. They're extremely viable. And in the summer, they've done a lot of good business. So their wage bill is not huge. But apparently, everyone has a price in Napoli, you know, and maybe even the likes of Osimhen and Lobotka if the right offer comes. But for when it comes to Kim Injai, I think he's been by far the best defender in Serie A this season. He's very quick, very technical, strong. He's really helped Spalletti's side to build from the back. And when he wasn't there, 
like in the Champions League against Milan in the first leg, in the second leg, sorry, they actually really, really missed it in the construction of the ball. So a great move for Napoli to, to get him on board. But I think that's, you know, a little bit of the history of Serie A. Uh, we can't keep hold of talents for too long. Napoli are already looking for the replacement, probably a young Italian uh, defender which uh, obviously have to be selected by the new manager. But for, as, as far as Manchester United supporters are concerned, this is a very good buy. It's yeah. an intelligent buy. It is a young player that, you know, even in the Champions League with Napoli, when Napoli were flying, demonstrated all his uh, pedigree. Good to talk to you, Daniele. Thanks, Thanks very Thank you very much, Dixon. Daniele Fisichella, the Italian football expert, and a lot of players were looking at him when he was playing in Turkey and no one quite made the move. Everyone could see his potential, yeah. including, of course, Spurs. Apparently, yeah. the word was that Sonny had been saying, you've got to buy this guy, he's brilliant. He's and the course, one, he's the We didn't, now he's, he's a £50 exactly. million pound yeah, player, but uh, I'm sure they weren't, the only, <clears throat> they weren't the only club that uh, that didn't jump at the chance to sign him for about 15 million quid. Anyway, <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, John McClure from Reverend, Reverend Makers. Makers yeah. Yeah, yeah, Letter yeah. to uh, to my 21 year old self. Absolutely beautiful yeah. new record. It's a him. daunting thought, isn't it? Doing that. Yeah. Writing to yourself. Writing to yourself. It's good. Let yourself off as a younger person. You make yeah. mistakes, don't you? You know. You get anxious about all sorts of things as a younger person. Yeah. As you get older, you realise don't really matter. I think it's a great record. Okay, good, excellent. Well, as I say, it's a bit of a Sheffield special today, musically. We had a chat with Joe Elliott from Def Leppard earlier on. And John McClure joins us from Reverend and the Makers, big Sheffield Wednesday yeah. fan, of course. Hello, John. Hey, John. Hey, old lads, how are you? Yeah, we're not good. too bad. Not as well as you, you after that last week. Gosh. Well. Oh, my word. I'm still on ceiling, <laughs> I have to be honest. It, like an old fella said to me on the way out of the ground, this is the best match that's ever been Aylesbrook in 150 years. Um, so I think, you know, that that level, I think. It was just a, a, one of the maddest nights of football ever, wasn't it? I mean, we were on the show with uh, Glenn Moore, who's a fellow Wednesday night, he's a comedian, and he was on stage that night doing a gig, and there was really nothing down for you. And then Charlie was one of the few people who said, you never know, you mm-hmm. know, they can Peterborough think they've got it, you get a couple of early goals. Um, but I, I joined it at seventy minutes. When it got when mm. it got to three nil, I think the... that there was a mass switch on. Everybody turned over from the other games, <laughs> and then it took to about ninety six minutes to to get the equaliser, didn't it? Oh, I mean, obviously the, you couldn't have wrote it better. I mean, obviously Liam Palmer, he's come through youth system. He went to League One playoff final in two thousand and five at Cardiff with his dad. Come through the ranks, score with the last kick of the game. I mean, you know, it's real kind of high-end drama stuff, in it? And obviously, yeah. we go with season ticket holders. We go uh, to as many away matches as we can. I had my little lad with me on the way home. He said, Daddy, I'm so glad I could share that moment with you. Oh, that's pull me lovely. Car- oh, I couldn't see the road for crying. I yeah. pulled my car up. Just, like, unbelievable. And obviously, this sort of Wembley experience that none of us thought were possible. Uh, I mean, going to the match in and of itself is an act of faith, isn't it? Because you, by going, you must believe in some way. But I was very pessimistic going in. I went, I went to Peterborough. We were the last ones to leap stadium, 4-0. We're on yeah. the floor, mm-hmm. you know. And then to, to turn it round, and then obviously ice cold in, in pens, uh, we're going to really savour every moment of this Wembley experience because I think, you know, like anything in life, when you don't think it's going to happen and then suddenly you're gifted it, you feel like a lottery winner, don't you? When so, did it I mean, in the in the stadium? When did it turn from from um, in, into belief that it that it was going to happen? Was after, it after three two? Nil, was it even, three nil? Yeah. 
No, not really, because there was this awful moment going into sort of injury time. They were wasting a lot of time. Sort of, I think they had a bit of possession. We'd not really threatened their goal in the last few minutes. And there was a sort of res- a, a resignation sitting in. There's a lad who sits next to me. They call him Louis. He's hilarious, this boy. He's gone out at stadium. We thought he'd left. And when we scored fourth, he's come back in. I said, where were you? He said, just pacing up and down corridors. He said, I felt so sick that we would, that we would come so close. Um, so I think when Palmer scored, it was like, and even when they scored in, in extra time, we still had that kind of feeling, oh, you know, we could still get back in this. Um, but I think a lot of credit has to go to more. They reckon he were pumping crowd noise into the stadium, into the training ground rather. Oh, really? Um, which is genius when you think about it. Obviously, League One, you're playing in like a lot of the time in relatively quiet environments. Uh-huh. Maybe not so much at Hillsborough, but like you're not, you're certainly not playing in that febrile atmosphere week in week out. He's, he's been on. He's gone. We, we lost go. John there. We lost John there. He'll be back in a second, won't we'll he? Try and get him back. His yeah, line's just there, dropped. I bet, I bet people did leave because they thought he yeah. don't want to be there for the end of that, do you know? So. There's been quite a clamour for tickets, obviously, isn't there? Yeah, well, it will be, won't there? Uh, yeah. So I, I take it I take it. John's got one. This is the when you go, you know, when it's Sheffield Wednesday, if you Barnsley, yeah. you sort of do go, why is it in London? <laughs> a yeah. little bit, don't you, you know? Yeah. Could have played think, that. Yeah. Probably could have played that. I think Wembley playoff, though. It's, yeah, it's yeah, worse yeah, yeah. when it's... I think we got John back. His line just dropped, so... Um, yeah, John, um, I'll take it... We're just saying, I'll take it you've got a ticket for the final. I have, but, like, everyone and the nanan's been texting me, like, John, I don't suppose <laughs> there's any chance you can get me a ticket. So, yeah. obviously, I'm trying for, like, fight off at population of Sheffield. I'm trying to get a ticket for... <laughs> Um, but I think the club of, in fairness, the club have handled it really well because they've obviously had a deluge of support mm. and phone calls. But it just goes to evidence, you know, we aren't laying it on too thick. Wednesday, third tier of football. I reckon they could get near to selling Wembley out completely on their own, you know, really? such as the extended fan base. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. I mean, we, when we played all 2016, we, we, I think we sold out straight away off the ground. We could have probably filled all the empty seats in the all end. Uh, and it's a, it's a, you know, it's a real like community of people who've been starved of quality football for a long time. Um, and I'm hoping this can be start a sort of general upturn in his fortunes, really, because we deserve it. It's been a long time coming, you know. Yeah, well, Joe Elliott wants the derby back, so he's going to be cheering you on as a Blades fan. I, so I could hear Joe Elliott last night. I live not too far away from yeah, Bramall Lane, and yeah. I could, <laughs> I could hear him. Which you know, listen, as a as a fan of a Sheffield Football Club, to play the stadium, yeah, must be a dream come true. But I just, I just wish it didn't, it didn't have to be at Bramall Lane. We don't <laughs> yeah. you, you've just had a very successful uh, tour, haven't you? Heatwave for your new album, Heatwave in the, in the cold north. Yeah, and you're going it's out again. Great. You're going out again, aren't you? With an acoustic, and you're taking out um, unsigned um, bands and stuff with you, aren't you? Yeah, I've got four every night. Uh, we're trying to keep. It's like a little kind of me trying to give back to the unsigned scene a bit where I came from really so we've got four unsigned bands every night 11 quid to get in we're playing virtually everywhere it's a lot smaller obviously than there's normal gigs uh, but it's nice it's a bit more intimate I can have a natter when I'm on acoustic and stuff yeah. uh, and that's great and then later on we've got festivals we do a big festival in Sheffield called Tramlands and it's right next to the Sheffield Wednesday ground in the park there we use the uh corporate boxes as his dressing room so that's <laughs> as near as we're going to get to Joe Elliott and his Bramall Lane you and self-esteem could, could uh, sell it out I reckon <laughs> well listen she's smashing it you know there's a, there is a little we've got a little WhatsApp group Wednesday musicians obviously Arctic Monkeys and Pulp the oh, Raytons yeah. who were recently number one on Wednesday nights uh, Bring Me The Horizon who were in arenas there Wednesday nights so you know there's, there's enough musicians I think to do yeah. do a little thing I mean yeah. it's obviously the, the dream of every Wednesday fan to do the kind of Oasis at Main Road 
Oh, he's oh, gone again. It's because oh, he said Oasis. Yeah, we had a Noel on earlier. We've got to get him back because he's got to play celebrity combination. Maybe he don't want to play the knock. Maybe he keeps putting his phone down. He's like, I'll play the lock. Yeah. Maybe he's knocking the lock already. He's knocking the lock already by putting his phone down every two seconds. Knocking the lock. Absolutely. We're going to try and get him back. We're going to get him back. Do you think we're going to? He's back. Here he is. We're going to try and get him back in a second because the lock awaits. Um, yeah, I'm going to bring you a little bit more on that wolf story uh, very very shortly yeah, that's, nice. that's good it's good is okay. he there have we got him uh, he's back. back sorry we are we are struggling a bit with the line uh, so what we're going to do we're going to get you to play a celebrity combination lock here we go it's fantastic <laughs> welcome to celebrity combination lock with your hosts Paul Hawksbeck and lock keeper Charlie Baker. Yes, it's a simple game, John. It's uh, basically we're going to ask you to get four numbers. Our yes. uh, producer this week, uh, Jamie, has locked his gym kit uh, in the locker. Can't get it out. Can't remember yeah, the four no. digits. He it's needs some help. It's there. absolutely stinking. It's there. ranking. They're fetid. Um, so uh, lots of people have tried it. Um, yep. Chloe Pets, comedian. Mike Fenton Stevens. Stephen Grant. Omid Jalili. Jarlef Regan. Jack Whitehall gave it a crack. Yeah, gave it a good uh, game. The best so far, Kevin Day, Crystal Palace supporting comedian, who got two correct numbers... Both in the correct place. Yes. And the four numbers he went for were 1497. There's John, only one so. rule, John, which is don't knock the lock. Yeah, do what? not. I'm, I don't expect for one minute John would knock the lock. No, I don't no not me, lad. Yeah. Not me. So 149 and 7, two of those numbers are in the right place. So as you guess your four numbers, think of 1497 and All keep right. a couple of those in the right place. He's Take it away, John. What do you reckon? I'm going to go 4397. Yeah. 3973 one. Okay, well, one of them was right for the Who next. Knows what that was for the next victim. Um, oh. Well, look, John, uh, lovely like to talk to you. Disappointed you now, John. And you boys. Uh, we wish yeah. you well with the album. Uh, enjoy the playoff. Uh, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Take care, lads. All Tears, the best. Cheers, yeah, Thank you. Bye now. Let's drop a clue there from Reverend and the Makers. Yeah, their new what, album, Heatwave in the Cold follow, yeah, follow, it, follow him on uh, Twitter. He's, he's absolutely great on Twitter. Yeah. Really engages with the fans. But also, he turns up to people's houses sometimes with a guitar after a gig and plays a gig another Fans gig of the him. band, not just randomly. <laughs> not just some old lady. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> it's three, three o'clock in the morning. John McClure. From Reverend and the... Oh, I don't know. I'm sorry, Reverend. It's a bit late. I'll come and see you at the church tomorrow. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast i'm sure many of you are just thinking that please i've got i've got other things to do today i do need to hear the remaining three themes from richard stilgo's daytime quiz finders keepers we brought you 1982 yeah for some reason between 1981 1982 and 1983 they changed the theme tune three I mean some yeah. shows had the same you know they wouldn't do that with Dad's years. Army did they Actually, years same, are same you being served to... you know <laughs> theme tunes you know the chase point they don't change their theme tunes every year do they? so we brought you 1982 so we're going out of sequence now maybe they kept losing it yeah, could be. Might be. Yeah, they, they probably did. Oh, we've lost Somebody it. nicked it. Oh, Somebody found it. 1982s in the street, so they'd do another one. Let's bring you 1981, yes, the theme tune from Finders Keepers. Seriously. A pattern of five squares. A pattern of four squares. A pattern of three squares. Two patterns of two squares. Three patterns of one square. All add up to Finders Keepers. Sounds like a Frank Sidebottom song. What was it? A pattern of... What did he want? A pa- pattern of five, of five squares. Like yeah, and then what was it? A pattern of two squares. What was it? I can't remember. Don't, don't, get, don't get involved, Charlie. That was 1981. That was quite strange. The, the, the Frank like Sidebottom that one. years. That was good. 1983. Now, this is 1980. We, okay. we, you've had 1982. Someone's listened to that one and gone, I don't think that one's quite right. No. This is, no, this is 1983. Here we go. It's a bit Kelly, night ride. Danny Kelly on a Sunday night. It's, it's, a, it's a bit night Trans Euro Express. I'd like expect Danny on Sunday night to play all the theme tunes from Finders. It is, isn't yeah, it? This is Finders Keepers. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of German, isn't it? Finders Keepers. Someone. It's like orchestral manoeuvres messing about in the studio, isn't it? Um, I think someone at the BBC. A couple at the of time cans. Had a synthesizer um, pulled. Let's take you up to 1984/85. For some reason, oh, there yeah. they did it as a football season. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. This is the last. Promise, this is the last okay. one. We won't bother you anymore. It's a banger. Yes, please. Change. Yes, <laughs> a quick key change. Oh, well, yeah. Not quite a middle eight more key change. Well, there we are. Um, you're up to date. 
Paul Somerville likes <laughs> Billy Joel. Who's Paul Somerville? In relation to Jimmy. Five, anyway, five. There's five squares in five squares. <laughs> Don't dare bother you, Charlie. You won't be able to sleep tonight. Two squares in. What was it? Anyway, find a keeper, Paul. We're gonna yeah. work, we've worked that out. No, that's got, a good you've idea. Got another one. You're terrible. Like ideas. battleships, you have to find. You know. Yeah, that's right. You've landed D seven. D seven. Yes, David Seaman. Well done. That's a terrible that's a idea. Good idea. People can call in for that, Paul. What about this? Yes, hello, Paul. I'd like to go C three. You've got you've got a good story, I understand, from the world of finders keepers. <laughs> My brother found this isn't me. This is Roy from Cornwall. I yeah. do it in his voice. I don't know if he's from Cornwall or. Like originally he's moved there. Cornwall. You're going to take a chance there. and just do it in the Cornish accent. Okay. My brother, my brother found £20 on a dance floor in the late 80s. He treated me and another mate all night. Then he realised when we were getting a taxi home, it was his money on the dance floor. And I said to Tendall, <laughs> the train don't stop in Campbell on Thursday. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. You've gone, yeah, you've gone very Cornwall. Um, I, this, this one, this is Daniel the gutted gooner. And it doesn't, he just says, uh, here. But it's, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't, it's very weird. Here, okay. he says. Here. Uh, IA was at a dog thing in the middle of Martin Clunes Field. Where's Martin Clunes Field? <laughs> and as I loved him in Men Behaving Badly, I was thinking, how am I going to get my selfie with him? Oh, or yeah. even close to him? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Then bang, my time came. <laughs> I seen a fiver fall out his pocket. I just got to it before so. Now, that's how it ends. <laughs> That's how it ends. So we don't know if he got to it before it fell and he you gave it to Martin. You said it was offensive me doing the Cornish doing accent a, of that man. I wasn't doing know. an accent oh, there. Okay. I was just reading it as it was. Um, well. But thank you, Daniel, for that. Um, but we don't know what happened. Did you give him Martin Clunes' yeah. fiver back or should he come looking for you still? There we are. We'll, yeah. we'll never know. Apparently and where's Neil, Martin Clunes' field? Neil, Mac Neil Buchanan did a 90s kids show called Finders Keepers. Can we find the theme tune for that, please? No. <laughs> Well, let's hope they didn't change it four times. I think we've all had enough of that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Hawksby and Charlie Baker here on Talksport. I found it on the floor. I found it on the floor. I found it on the floor. I found it at the floor. I found oh, yeah. it on the floor. Uh, yes. Charlie Baker's uh, cool subject of the day. Yeah, lovely. Um, it's mainly been money in the yeah, Big Sam envelope. Yeah, Big Sam you... found a fiver on the touchline at the weekend at West Ham. So uh, we're asking for your stories. Yeah, uh, when I was today. a paper boy, I was doing my round, which took me past a local pub. As I was walking along, I noticed a £20 note. I was thrilled. As I carried on uh, walking, I found another 10 and a little further, another 20 Total 50 quid. Oh, yeah, we Thank worked you. that out. Was yeah, that like you. a maths question? <laughs> Thank you, Dad. <laughs> it's GCSE maths. <laughs> Hopefully not GCSE. Yeah. Well, I'll maybe tell you what. maybe Rishi's right if that's a GCSE <laughs> question. If I lost twenty five, how much did I have left? Mm. No, that was a month's yeah. wage. Thank you, Danny. Lovely. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much for that. It doesn't have to be money. You could have found something yeah, else. Yeah. What else did you find? What else happened floor? in Martin Clunes Field? Come on, Daniel. Come back and tell us. <laughs> tell us what happened. It's yeah. The thing is, Martin Clunes Field would get commissioned, Paul. It, yeah, just, well, just, yeah. He could go just in. Martin Clunes in a walking round of field. <laughs> Coming up, Coming Martin up. continues walking round his field. 9pm ITV. So, Martin, what's the idea? It's just basically me walking round a field. I've got this field. Yeah. Um, but um, it's not much to it. But yeah, but I was in Doc Martin. Yeah, well, go on, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Go on, off you yeah, go. do what you like, mate. Anyway, that's how telly works. Um, we move now to the world watercress eating yes, of uh, course champion. We do, yeah. um, it's amazing. He's won it for the 15th year in a row. Um, he ate 85 grams of the peppery plant, according amazing. to the sun. Uh, and his name is Glenn Walsh. Good afternoon, Glenn. Hey, Glenn. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good. Thank good. you. 
I mean, 15 years. Oh, wow. Wow. You're like Pep. I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, how, how, what's the secret? When, you, when, you, when the other competitors turn up to take you on fruitlessly every year, why do you beat them? What do you do differently? Or is that a bit like Colonel Sanders? You can't tell me. Yeah, well, a bit of a secret, but I mean, if you're competitive, you're competitive, you know, so it's good to be number one at something. I mean, yeah. I played rugby for years, you know, and put my heart and soul into it, but obviously didn't make the grade there, but I can eat salad quick. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the rules, Glenn? What are the rules? Laws or rules? Laws or imagine rules imagine for a start, yeah. Imagine they're rules. Well, they're laws in rugby, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah look, to be honest, I mean, all you've got to do is you've got a bag of watercress, you've got a bottle of water there, and literally, you know, get it down your neck as quick as possible. Yeah. Wash it down with a bit of water. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's not that hard, really. Do you put small amounts of cress in, then take a sip? Or do you put quite a lot of cress in and take it yeah. uh, all wash in? Your, wash your well, technique. Because I've got a big mouth and big hands. Mm. I think it's like big handfuls and shove it in. And, you know, like I said, swallow it as quick as you can, really. But, like I say, it's, uh, it all depends on each year. Sometimes, I mean, this year was slightly a bit stalkier, but... Mm. You know, it does take a bit long because it does catch you in the back of the throat, and plus it's really, really peppery as well. Yeah. So, so I always uh, feel sorry for um, Roger Black, who was sort of perennially silver medal, wasn't he? Yeah. When Michael Johnson won everything in the 400 metres. Yeah. And all like, if you were a, a great spin bowler at the time of Shane Warne, you know, yeah. you always second. Is there a second in the world at cress eating that always turns up, Glenn, and always goes home empty handed? Uh, it's a good old mate of mine. We played rugby for, together for years. It's Sam Batho. I mean, he had the record a few years ago, quite a few years ago now. Um, he wasn't about for a few years, but he's come back the last couple of years. And when he stood by me, it actually gives you that incentive. But when you yeah. think, oh, there's no one really doing a good time me, it's all you d- tend to relax a bit because it does... It does hurt the throat a little bit. Like I said, it's very spicy. Mm, yeah. And a lot of people say, is oh, what's it like? And I said, well... You know, you said before you don't like watercress. I said, well, I don't mind it. Mm. It's like, say, it's, it's more like a, a condiment. If you put in a ham sandwich, it's lovely. Yeah, lovely, yeah. yeah it's, lovely. it's like a bit of mustard. If you put a little bit of mustard on mm. a ham sandwich, it's lovely. You mm. try and eat the whole jar in one go. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's the world mustard eating champion. That's a shot. I'd that's, watch that. That's a different discipline well, entirely. If it was for, a, 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 you know, an eating contest, I'd definitely go for it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, um... So you 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 at eighty five grams, and I can't quite picture how much that is uh, in thirty one point two nine seconds. That's right, yeah. but it was well short. Your record, your record's twenty five point five. So you were well off it the was record. Twenty five. I mean, last year, I, it was it was really tender crest the, mm. the first lot last year. Um, I don't know where it's going to do with the colder spring this year or whatever, but. Talking a bit technical. (laughs) They've had all the timings done properly this year because they keep promising to put it in the Guinness Book of Records. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this year, apparently, it's supposed to go in. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So is it does it is it supplied by the same, I'm saying, farmer, market gardener each year? Yeah, they've got the Orsford Watercress Company there. It's renowned renowned around the world, aren't they? So, well, it's superfood. Glenn, I, well, I, I fancy giving it a go. Maybe next year I'll, I'll come down, what, take him on, come down. down. Yeah. Come down, I'll tell you what. I mean, you get so many people coming down thinking it's easy. Oh, it's, it's a bit of salad. It's a good bit of fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I to, you know, I always go for a few beers beforehand. I mean, I said this year, went for Guinness, watercress, more beer afterwards. Yeah. And then a kebab later on. Lovely. And after all that spiciness. Uh, let's, let's put it this way I wasn't constipated in the morning anyway okay. <laughs> hold, 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 yeah. the, hold the salad on the kebab hold the, yeah that's right <laughs> all the salads no yeah, you're alright <laughs> mate just none of the salads mate
Chris? I had like a bottom like a dragon's nostril in the morning. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll, we'll leave that one in, Paul. That's it's, all right. Uh, it's lovely to talk to you, Glenn. We'll catch up with you for year, for year Good 16. Good man, Glenn. This, this. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Walsh there, nice the winner of, of the world. A crest heating championship. Remember the lovely turn of phrase. Beautiful. You've yeah. been to the uh, hot dogs, is it, Paul? Hot dogs the in... The hot dogs. I've been dog, to the yeah, Coney, yeah. In Coney Island, Jared. Uh, it was on my bucket list. It's sensational. I want to go to the Egremont Crab Fair next. That's somewhere else. Oh, uh, which would have the World Gurning Championships. Oh, I'd like to see when they have so the, that is they another have the horse event, thing, the, the horse's they? collar. That is that's another it. event I, I want to take in. Like before. a horse's collar, yeah, sure. Um, so that's right. That's the that's the plan. No, it is actually one, Charlie. Oh, right. That's what An it actual is. One. It's not like one. Okay, sure. Now, um, <laughs> we've been bringing you stories of stuff you found on the floor. Um, yes. Uh, really, I know we have. Because there's it, a, <laughs> a reason for that sport-wise. Because, I mean, actually, it's not the worst thing we've done today. We played... All four versions <laughs> of a daytime quiz show theme tune. So, um, it's not even like a close like season. I feel like I've dragged it down a you, bit. I know today. you. Oh, you, no, you definitely have. I, I mean, it, but Daniel, the it, Arsenal wasn't fan, wasn't starting at a particularly high point, was it? <laughs> Daniel, now, the Arsenal fan, got in touch, didn't he, Paul? With he a said, story. He said uh, he was in uh, Martin Clunes Field, mm. which has become a, a separate show that mine's going to get away. Yeah, lovely. And he wanted to go and meet him because he loved him in Men Behaving Badly. Yeah. And just as he was approaching him for a selfie and say how much he admired his work, uh, Doc Martin, not so much. I don't know if he was going to say that. <laughs> but he was. He just approached him and a fiver flew out of Martin Clune's pocket. Yeah. And Daniel said, I got there just in time to pick it up, so... And then that was We it. don't know how it ended. We lost him. We don't know how it ended. Daniel's called in to oh, put us all out of our misery. Hi, Daniel. Hiya, how are you? Yeah, We're good, good thanks, thanks Daniel. Daniel. So you left us, uh, Martin Clunes, you pick up the fiver, and we weren't sure whether um, you, you gave it back to him or you... To get the selfie, thought, or you said, I'll pay you a fiver for a selfie, and it was his own fiver. He doesn't need That'd a fiver. Nice. But, um, so what happened, <laughs> right. Daniel? Basically, uh, the fiver fell out of his pocket, yeah. and I thought, there's my time, I can go and get it. Just as another chap was about to pick it up, I sort of swooped in and stole it off of the, off the floor before he got there. Wow. And I went straight up to Martin and said, Martin, you've just dropped the fiver, but you can have it back as soon as you let me have a selfie. Ah. <laughs> we had a selfie and we had a little chat about men behaving badly for five minutes. That's as exciting as you thought. Well, that's ah. a, no, it's a, I like it. I like I, the I story. Like it. Yeah. Like you were very honest in it. It's nice it Daniel. worked out because it might have been that you are, you were going to give him the fiver back and he said something like, don't bother me. I mean, he's not oh, that no, sort no, of bloke, I guess. Yeah, I don't think he's. Well, like he was that. in his field. So I think if you're in someone's field, <laughs> yeah. if he's. Well, Go on. There was a dog show going on in oh, his film. I couldn't oh. tell you where it was to, but it was a big dog show. Oh, and brilliant. Martin Clunes' field. I couldn't tell you where it was to. I can't no. remember. Oh, no, brilliant. Nice. Daniel, thank you. Because thank you, Daniel. I, I barely would have slept tonight. I don't know about you. But <laughs> it's, it's great that Daniel's story. cleared that up. We know what happened with Martin Clunes. He's a good man. Good man, Daniel. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Did you know Bob is related to Sergei Bubka, the famous pole vaulter? <laughs> he is. He, is yeah, he really yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in distance. Um, in, a, in, a, in a distant way, or or close cousins. Well, no, I think I think Bob. I think he's a sort of distant cousin. Yeah. Wow. But they are related. Bob oh, wow. looked into it. I think he's met him once as oh, well. Wow. It's amazing. Isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Right. You ever done the pole vault, Paul? No. Um. Our school. Um, before people were given a proper bendy pole, they knew oh, what yeah. they were doing. They wouldn't yeah. let any orc just get hold of a bendy pole. I was going to say, how do, you, how do you start? Well, it was basically like a scaffold pole. <laughs> it can't be scaffolded. Yeah, and it was a lad I went to school with. The only one who was any good, Kevin Mack, was the only one who was any good at it. Oh, yeah. Um, he was, you know, he played in a football team and stuff. He was pretty sporty, and um, all of us basically just sort of 
slammed our chins into the scaffold, yeah, Paul. Yeah, but Kev could do it. He was the only one who was any good. So I think he became the school pole vaulter. And he then he moved on. Having done it with a scaffold pole, they move him onto a bendy a pole one, to work on the technique. Yeah. How do you get it through customs and all that? Do they... Do they, like they a, come apart? Or yeah, it's they... like a in like like a little snooker cue or something. In a oh, case. is it? Have your own case? Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah I take it. They, they bring. How do you get it through <laughs> customs? How do you question. get it on the plane and that sort of thing? They they come apart and bear in yeah, bits, are they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know if they are. I feel like I feel like, I feel like that would that would like make defeat it, the defeat object. the object. I feel like it would... Well, you can't carry. a... Fifteen foot pole about? Can I you? bet they do in a case. On one I, of those, you're probably right, Charlie. Those, I don't, tube, I don't, I don't those tubes on the top of a van. Honestly, you've seen them? I don't know what I'm talking you about. Know, I think I've proved that over the someone. years. If anyone's an expert, give us yeah, a ring. Tell pole us. Yeah, if the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, I was uh, I was picking up not literally a piano for free off the FreeCycle website. Oh, nice, yeah, lovely. Uh, you've, uh, this is from Rowan. Uh, West Ham fan in Northern Ireland. When we got home with it, we found an envelope stuffed with £1,000. Does that make it a grand piano, he says? Nice. The Goldstein book. Nice joke. We did the right thing, got in touch with the previous owner. Apparently, his girlfriend had a habit of hiding money around the house and forgot it was there. He gave me 20 quid as a thank you. What's the tariff? See, that's quite awkward, isn't it? So the bloke says, I found found a thousand quid in your piano and thanks ever so much, mate. How much do you give? What would be what would be fair Nothing. for a thousand quid? Nothing. Nothing. You wouldn't give anything. You've you've sold as seen. Buyer beware. Oh, something like Se- seller beware. So you're not giving it back. Not a, not a penny back. Okay. Not a penny back. But Paul. were you to be of? Uh, I mean, you've proved that already today with that fifty quid. So, but were you to uh, give it back? What would you expect? Would you expect more what? than twenty quid for a grand? Would you expect fifty quid? I think fifty quid is a good reward for a thousand quid. Do you? Yeah. What, what percentage you give in there? Uh, yeah, twenty. Five percent. I mean, twenty quid is a finder's fee. Yeah. You'd be a bit he put said, out, wouldn't you? He said, do you know there's a £1,000 in your piano? He said, no, but you, I'm it and I'll play it. <laughs> of course. Of course he did. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ben from Langley Park in Durham. Fantastic. Prefab Sprout and all that. When we were teenagers, my mate and I didn't have a lot of money. I was over the moon to find a tenner outside the local Chinese <sighs> takeaway. Yeah. I saw my best mate Richie a couple of days later and he said he was gutted because he'd lost a tenner outside the local <laughs> Chinese takeaway a couple of nights before. That was 35 years okay, ago, yeah. he says. Okay. 35 years ago. and What are you putting inflation at, Paul, over 35 years? Okay, let's have a look. Um, okay, I can, I can, I've worked it out for you, okay. uh, Ben. Uh, he says, I still haven't come clean that it was me who found the tenor. And uh, talk, listening to you now, I feel bad. So I'm going to pop round his house at the weekend and put it right. Excluding inflation, obviously. Well, Ben, I've looked it up. Um, according to the um, Bank of England, uh, a tenner uh, 35 years ago, £23.7p. Oh, I think you can run to you that. Can, you can stretch and to that. And a Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Why not? That's, you know, yeah that's, that every time that bloke's gone past that Chinese takeaway, he's gone... For the last 30 years, that's where I lost that tenor. Yeah, and he sat there and he just kept his mouth shut. He said, oh, I know, it must have been a real blow to you. That would have been worth £23.07 now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. A lovely show. Back again uh, tomorrow with uh, Andy Jacobs. Charlie, you're back on Thursday. Thursday, Paul. And you'll be, uh, we have the birthday spread, won't we? Yeah, definitely. Look forward to it. Good, Good mood about it. Uh, thank you very much for listening this afternoon. Do hope you can join myself and Andy from one tomorrow. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.